Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. After the winter break, we are back for potting. How are you guys doing, and how did you spend your extra week off? Well, as everyone will be painfully aware during <laughs> this whole episode, uh, I got destroyed by the flu that is bumping off kids left and right in the United States. Um, now categorized as a flesh-eating bacteria. I saw that. Uh-huh. Spent, spent a few days in bed with the febre. Um, rolled out to watch Roma play Inter. Huge mistake. Maybe the whiskey also was a bad mistake. And now I'm back down here in the in the dumps. So everyone's gonna have to put up with my coughing and sneezing and painful sinuses. Um, you know, I mean, I guess every time I cough, Marco's gonna look at me like he's watching Bruno Parrish play right back. <laughs> well, then I'd be playing. I'd be looking at you with hearts in my eyes, but. <laughs> You know, that's the problem. You go to four courts, the black hole, and you guess they were away from done. Done, we love you, but, you know, we know when you get a, a little excited what happens with uh, the, the JMO starts flowing. Yeah. Uh, me, I almost had a, an extended uh, week off over here because the, there was the government shutdown and a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, uncertainty when I came into work on Monday, but, you know, it turns out that that Congress was able to do a short term short term deal. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, it all seems really Marco's employed for another three. Quite weeks. Quite interesting. <laughs> and we have a government for three weeks. Yeah, it's been an exciting week uh, down here in D.C. Uh, we had the Women's March. I actually uh, went to go check that out. Fel- found a fellow Roma supporter outside the White House. Nice. Walked, walked right up to him, said Forza Roma Sempre. Pretty sure I scared him because he didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, then. wait. This is perfect time right now to talk about my biggest pet peeve on earth. When I see somebody wearing a Roma jersey and I go up to them and I go, Hey, man, Forza Roma, Totti. And they look at me like, what do you mean, man? Yeah. I'm just like, the, the, the jersey you're wearing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, my friend gave this yeah, to me right. and you know he bought it at the, at the stadium. And then you look at it, and it's just one of the ones that they bought out, like the the lot on, on the Via street. Del Corso. It's like, come on, bro. <laughs> Maybe the first year or two, we started Roma Club when we were, you know, just trying to get as many people as we possibly could. I once was driving down the street in Arlington, and I saw a guy in a Roma jersey, and Leslie was in the car, and I pulled over to get out of the car <laughs> to approach him at like a twenty pace walk with Leslie's, you know face buried in her hands embarrassed and was like hey Forza Roma you Roma fan and he was like nah bro and I just kind of like slunk away yeah makes you want to like Bruno Parrish playing right back makes you want to get out the car and rip the jersey off his back (laughs) well uh yeah I should have invited him to Ireland Four Courts but uh super excited to see that good crowd down there for the women's march um interesting weekend in D.C. As far as overseas, guys, we did have a lot of stuff going on overseas, starting off right off at the top with the transfer market over in European soccer. What do you guys think so far? Yes, it is. Well, if we're talking about Syria as a whole and we're talking about this government shutdown thing, uh, the one thing that I was very surprised to see come out from Football Italia is that it looks like Tavecchio 
is being backed as a viable candidate for president of Legacy. And remind us again, Tad, what did Tavecchio do recently since it's a World Cup year? Yes, he was the guy that crashed the plane into the mountain, um, him and Ventura. Uh, I guess you got to put a lot of egg on his face because he hired Ventura and didn't replace him when things went sideways. Uh, you know, fought being booted out after Italy f- fails to make the World Cup in like, what, like 50, 60 years, something yeah. like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, this guy leaves in shame. And now we have Cairo from Torino, Lolito from OTFR, and Di Laurentiis from Napoli propping this guy up to be out there. I mean, like, what's going on here, man? Yeah, that is embarrassing. A lot yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. A lot of back scratching. Yeah. And I got to say, I mean, U.S. Uh, soccer is going through the same thing. So for all the U.S. Uh, soccer fans out there, it's not just us. Italy is finding ways to screw this up as well. This guy should be retired in Argentina right now. Mm-hmm. It's like never to show his face again. And now he's about to run the Serie A. Yeah. And at a crucial point for the Serie A. Plus, yeah. this man is just so controversial with all his comments in the past, the oh, racist yeah. comments and anti-Semitic comments. Like, come on. We're trying to turn a page here, not not restart the book. Yeah, yeah what, what, what the Serie A needs right now is a racist, anti-Semitic homophobe running Lega Serie A when we're trying to do things like get TV contracts and stuff like that to compete with all these other big leagues. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we're going to hear about uh, unfortunate racism in uh, Serie A this week as well. I uh, found, guys, uh, my hero for the, for the transfer markets from here and beyond. I was fortunate enough to interview Declan Varley and uh, his creation of Massel Bugdove, who just goes to show for anyone out there who, like me, is frustrated each time this transfer market opens up, hey, man, Massel Bugdove, that's who you want on your team and follow all the rumors. The amount of time we spend debating when these like hot takes come out from you know, some phantom Twitter account about how, like, DeRossi is, is linked um, to, you know, OTFR. You're, you're, it just, just drives you crazy, and the group chats blow up, and yeah. you got to fight with people on Twitter, and everybody all of a sudden becomes, uh, you know, the, the doctorate of econ, uh, super director of sports. Uh, Who are we talking about? The perm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, uh, which actually his, some of his predictions are looking to come true. So, Joe, no shade, man. But, you know, that the interview you did with Declan Varley, man, with the Maslow bug and stuff, absolutely fascinating. I recommend anybody to go out there and listen to it. Give, give him a little background on the on the great star of Maslow bug stuff. Oh, while yeah. we're on that, though, I just wanted to say that uh, a certain Thomas Burns is coming through the ranks of DC United right now. <laughs> I think that everybody should keep an eye on him. He's a he, what, he's a he's batting 300. <laughs> what do they say here? But anyways, he's a, he's he's great. He's a goalie. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Burns. He uh, yeah. The uh, the story is Declan Varley created uh, Mazel Bugdov, and um, he's a Moldovan soccer player who did just enough accolades to uh, make enough noise that he be, he rose to thirty on the list of up and coming rising stars in Europe. Only to realize uh, everyone realized that he was made up. He's there is no Mazel Bugdov. So. Very interesting, the fact of, of how, yeah, yeah. check him out, see if he uh, makes it in Serie A. But just interesting how we just, things snowball in, in the transfer market rumors. Um, starts with a Wikipedia page and ends up in the London Times. Uh, interesting story, very grateful for Declan to come on the podcast and, and talk about it. 
And if for all the the soccer fans out there who are like me who just get fed up with these these transfer market uh, times, it's a great story, and and we found our anti-hero for sure. But Tommy Burns will be a star. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Burns is a star. Come on. Still on the transfer market, guys, there's a lot of charts and graphs and how important it is to have rising stars and try to sell them off. You guys have been following this on Bleacher Report and I've seen a couple articles. What are you seeing on just how important money is in this game? Well, the finances uh, are extremely interesting as we go into like these record uh, transfer numbers. You know, Milan spending a Neymar amount of money in the last transfer market and all these crazy numbers being thrown around when you talk about like Milinkovic, Savic and, and players of the like. Um, the two most revealing to me are the, uh, what's it, Deloitte? did the top 50 uh, richest clubs in the world, soccer clubs in the world. And John Byrne Murdoch uh, put out this list of clubs um, that are good at recruiting and selling young players uh, under the age of 21. And, you know, if it was glaring to me about this list, if we're talking about the Serie A's, you know, these top 50 clubs, the Serie A only has three in the top 20, and the highest one being Juventus at 10. But if you look at it, Leicester City is 15th. Leicester City, who, you know, thanks to the great Claudio Ranieri, former uh, 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 Roma coach, Forza Roma, um, you know, brought these guys to win the champion, sorry, win the, the EPL title. But, I mean, a team like that to be wealthier than storied clubs like Inter and Milan and Napoli and Roma is just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, the TV deal, man, that's what matters. And the EPL, they sprinkle that money around very equally, and that's why there's so many EPL teams at the top of that list. EPL has a model. I think everything came together at the right time for them, the fact that it's an English-speaking language. Uh, and, you know, their viewership has just been going up and up and up, I think, because of the, the broadcasting quality of NBC Sports. <laughs> So something for Sedia to keep in mind, uh, maybe potentially try to mimic the, that model. And then if they pick up a new uh, TV provider, I would just say, you know, don't do some of the mistakes that, that BN's making here. Because I think during the Inter-Roma game, there was a, a blackout for the first 15 minutes of the game. And if you look at this player flipping chart that's out there, um, you know, Benfica, is apparently the best in the world at it. They've just crushed it uh, far and away better than anyone else in this list. But a lot of the Northern European teams out of uh, uh, Netherlands, um, besides Portugal, out of like Netherlands and Germany uh, are do really well on this. But the Serie A only make an appearance on this list with three teams. Two of them are absolutely no surprise if we're talking about, um, you know, since 2001, Palermo, because it seems like everybody who's, you know, anybody in, in the golden boot conversation over the past, you know, 15 years has played at, you know, Palermo under the age of 21. Uh-huh. Udinese, surprise, surprise, that's their whole model. Um, but the other one to make this list is uh, is Roma. Um, and you think about a lot of the players that we sold, um, you know, in the last 15 years, it's, it's incredible uh, the amount of talent um, or the amount of money that we've made off the talent that we've been able to develop. And, the, the mentality hasn't changed uh, as we get into Roma's section. Monchi, I mean, that's what he does. Buys low, sells high. Hopefully we'll see that. Money matters. Hopefully Serie A can play in that game as well. Well, with that, let's jump into Serie A action. We got week 21 coming back after the, the winter break. Let's do it with the rundown. Napoli and Juventus each take three points and pull away for the Scudetto, while Inter... OTFR and Roma start the game of musical chairs for the remaining two Champions League spots. 
Roman interplay to a disappointing draw despite Alisson's superhuman effort. And OTFR join Inter, Sampdoria, and Juventus as teams that don't mind kicking the walker out from under Chievo. <laughs> Sampdoria's Quags Qualiorella turns into Nick Foles' performance against Laviola dressed in red, and a bromance is budding in Milan after a 2-1 victory of, over Cagliari. Crotone, Crouton Nation, thrash Hellas Verona to help save my weekend, and Team Meat Sauce's destruction of Benevento make Marco the mayor of the downstairs bathroom in the Bologna train station, Charla, able to cope with the U.S. government shutdown. All right, looking forward to that. We want to remind everybody we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find this podcast. Please tell your friends on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, ASRoma360, CurveAmerica.com. Tad, once they find us, what should they do? We got to make that noise, blast it, you know, uh, uh, tweet it out. Make us known. Um, audience is growing exponentially, and we're looking to uh, uh, to take down EFS, ESPN FC as the premier content for dieters in the Serie A. But once you get where you're going, guys, please, if you're if you can, subscribe to the podcast um, and rate and comment, particularly on iTunes. That's uh, that helps us grow up the charts and it makes us more visible to other people who might be searching for Serie A podcasts. So subscribe, rate, and comment, y'all. Oh, there it is, Tad. You want to do the honors? What are we drinking tonight? Well, unfortunately, I'm not drinking anything. And uh, for some reason, I decided to torture myself uh, when I picked up the beer today by picking up probably my favorite IPA in this area. Uh, there's a couple new ones that are that have come out that might make future appearances. But this is Baltimore's own Heavy Seas, the Loose Cannon IPA. An absolutely delicious beer for a port city. And you got to love any sort of pirate theme anytime, anywhere, unless it's Johnny Depp. There you go. Thinking of Fell's point here as we're drinking a pirate beer. Go Baltimore. All right. Let's jump into it, guys. Week 21, off we go to the top five. Up first, Napoli staying in first place. They played Atalanta. They finished this game 1-0 with Mertens scoring his first Serie A goal in 10 games. What do you got, Tad? This is the type of 1-0 game that's you know, really quite enjoyable. Uh, it's it's one of those ones that basically Drace Mertens was, was the entire, uh, uh, entire difference. It's just a tough and hotly contested game that took a brilliant connection from Callejon to Drace Mertens to secure the win for Napoli. You know, you go into this game and it's like, can Atalanta, they just knocked off Napoli in the, uh, in the Copa Italia, you know, can they pull it off at home? Bergamo, an absolutely tough, tough place to win. You know, Napoli really needs to get every single three points, every single game they play with Juventus nipping at their heels. You know, they're just up to the challenge here. And so I just got to say hats off to Napoli, a tough win on the road. Recently, Atalanta's had Napoli's number. Like I said, they knocked them out of the Coppa Italia. But when Napoli win this one, they sweep the series for the season. But Gasparini has been the kryptonite to Maurizio Sarri. Uh, out of the 12 matches they've played, Sarri only has three wins going back to 2005. So, you know, with this team, with Napoli, you know, getting these three points in a 1-0, you know, what, what does this win mean for Napoli? I think it, it shows how... Uh... <coughs> Atalanta just makes the top four very, very scared. It's a tough place to play in Bergamo. What does it mean for Napoli? I think they're really excited that they got this win, that they were not confident going into this game. So it means they get to stay up top and uh, 
The Scudetto race, the two-horse race continues. So you're going to give credit to Atalanta for losing this game? I am, man. <laughs> I I, uh, I saw Gasparini thought the uh, goal was offsides, uh, maybe by a hair. But um, I just think it's fun that uh, Atalanta can can still... I mean, they just beat Roma last week. They're, they're a good team. They, they can uh, ruin your season. Look at Juventus, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. The last couple games, getting those narrow wins... Uh, you know, it's just another example of what it takes to be a champion, sh- champion uh, of a side in the Serie A. And so Napoli grinds this one out. They got Juve hot on their trail, and uh, they got a really tough game against Atalanta that they're able to pull this win out. And who is it? Their star boy comes out and and prov- and ends up scoring for them to win the game. This is everything falling into place. We've been talking about it all season, you know. And as long as they're able to stay healthy. Things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, Mertens' first Serie A goal in 910 minutes. Who would have thought with the flame start he got off to that that we would be saying that? Atalanta, though, they, you know, with this loss, they dropped to eighth, and now they're one point behind Milan. And, you know, we've just been talking about Milan and their troubles, you know, basically throwing shovelfuls of dirt on them every single week. And then Atalanta, you know, surging. Chris, you have nothing but nice things to say about them, rightly so. They're playing extremely well in three different competitions. You know, even though Milan's ahead of them, who do you trust more out of Milan and Atalanta? Oh, I'm definitely Team Atalanta. Milan, I'm sorry to say, but you just half expect them to just go bankrupt here and, and the, the finance police coming in and just breaking down their doors to, to just throw at the whole headquarters in jail they, they have to sell biglia's teeth or something like that something, you know, something yeah as long as you got papu gomez man there's there's just a, a good feeling uh in atalanta he's always got the little dance anytime that they're looking down uh i think three points out of sixth place at this point in the season you know especially after just losing to to napoli it just goes to show man this this city uh you know, race this whole entire season, you know, there's still so much to play for, even if Napoli and Juve are kind of uh, in in a two horse race right now. And I will say that Atalanta is doing this, you know, as Chris said, scaring all these top four teams. They have been, you know, throwing the whole kitchen sink in three different competitions in the Copa semifinals, you know, doing extremely well in the Europa League. Um, and now, you know, giving up these tough ones. But let's switch back to Napoli. You know, their transfer window really hasn't worked out the way, so far as they want. This famously, Simone Verdi has snubbed them. Um, so it appears they're getting snubbed, missing out. There's even a, just a ridiculous rumor out there that uh, Sadi is uh, considering a play from Milan uh, to go coach there. You know, but they do have Milik and uh, Gollum. Uh, back at practice, you know, is is this Na- Napoli transfer nightmare perception that the media is trying to paint out there? Is, it, is this real? I think they're not deep. Uh, they did grind this game out, so that's good. But uh, they're not a deep team like Juventus, so that's going to be well, a Well, we don't know if they're deep. They play the same 11 guys. Yeah, right. I, I'd say they're not deep, and that's going to be a factor <laughs> for the second half. I don't know. I, st- I still think that they have a trick up their sleeves for this transfer window. Um, just because... I think a lot of teams are excited about the Napoli project. Here's the team to dethrone the mighty Juventus and their, uh, you know, not your typical squad. That they play very, very good football, and uh, you know, Napoli has a certain history with Maradona. So, 
again, I, I do think that it is an attractive place to go right now if you're a player trying to make a name for yourself. And so I think that there's a potential for a good signing to be made so that they have some depth for the home stretch here. Perhaps a little chink in the armors in this one, though. Insigne, noticeably perturbed that he got subbed off in the 74th minute after um, the uh, uh, after the Drace Mertens goal. And, you know, who comes on is the captain, Hamsick, but, you know, blows up at Saudi, does not have nice things to say yeah. in the post game. You know, are, are we seeing are we seeing some chinks in the armor here, guys? Yeah, got caught on video, so it's out there on social media. But uh, I liked Sari's response to this. Said uh, it's a love hate relationship between those two that they make up and fight and and make up again uh, three or four times a week. Uh, Hashtag most Italian thing ever. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's a chink in the armor, but it was uh, definitely something you had to talk about. Hey man, as long as he's the, the you know the front man for the for the team, I think they, you know, every once in a while there's going to be a scuffle like that, and uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. To me, it seems a certain level of trust for Insigne to be able to have this kind of relationship with Sari, because where was this in the in the World Cup qualifiers with Ventura when he's sitting out both legs of this uh, as the number ten for Italy and both legs of the Sweden thing? So yeah. apparently feels comfortable enough or has enough respect for Sari. If, if, if you can put that kind of spin on it yep, to no. be able to have this kind of relationship with him. Because if I were him, you know, I'd have been the first one with the pitchfork and the torch outside of Ventura's house, and mum was the word. It's uh, definitely an interesting point on that dichotomy between club and country. I got to throw this in here because we mentioned uh, talking racism at the top, guys. Atalanta, their curva facing a ban due to racist chants at Napoli's Koulibaly in this one. That ban is suspended for one year. Leaves me, my takeaway on this one that Syria and Bergamo, who I continue to sing praises and enjoy, you're getting it wrong, guys. This is just not fun as fans. We love this league, but this is a nut, this is a black eye for for Syria. It's it's unfortunate. All right, hopefully they do better. Let's keep rolling to Juventus and Genoa. Juventus squeak one out on uh, Monday with a one nothing win. Douglas Costa's one nothing win keeps the old lady just one point behind Napoli in the table and shut down Genoa better than Congress and our functioning government here in D.C. Or lack thereof functioning, <laughs> yeah, dysfunctioning. Right. At least for three more weeks, yep. The old lady, guys, Juventus, keeping pace with Napoli with ugly wins. We just said Napoli was grinding it out to stay on top of the table. Boy, if that's not what Juve is known for as since we've been doing Curve America, they grind stuff out. Apparently, they've sputtered post-winter break in the past seasons. Uh, they lost to OTFR and Sampdoria, and they did look rusty in this one, but they got the job done. But that's what it takes, I think, in the Serie A. Grinding tenacity, you get wins. This game actually was in front of an empty Curve Sud. Serie A, the appeal held up. Fans had to vacate this one due to the illicit ticket sales to the ultras slash alleged mafiosi up there in Turin. They had to pick this game, huh? That's that's the game that you picked to, to punish Juventus against Genoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mighty Genoa. And, 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 of course, they probably came in at the last second because Giuseppe Rossi was out of this one with a thigh strain. So. Yeah, right. They, right. they got they uh, Pepito coming in. They got Atalanta coming up in two couple... <laughs> I'm sorry, no, they would be playing at Atalanta. Um, well, I guess I guess they don't really have any big games until February. Atalanta coming to Juve, so I don't know. Maybe Genoa was uh, was the big was the big game that everybody's eyes, you know, making a making a an example out of them for this for this game. But really, yeah, you know, Genoa. Yeah, I I mean I don't know how they picked it, but uh, 
that just seems little doesn't seem like a punishment well hey man you know it's really hard hard to sometimes stop giovanni simeone oh wait a minute no he's not there oh that's right (laughs) who do they have yeah right (laughs) uh going back to juventus guys we've got il mister allegri he doesn't like listening to the critics talking about just grinding it out juventus doesn't play pretty soccer or anything like that Instead, he's quoting DJ Khaled rap songs. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. And that's what he does in this one, man. one nothing. The race with Napoli will be fun for the part two of the season, but it's definitely a two-horse race at this point. All the headlines are pointing to that, and we will see that because in our next game with uh, Inter and Roma, they really are crap in the bed, and it's just the two up top. Just a note, you know, Douglas Costa been a little bit in existence the beginning part of the season so some showed some signs of 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 brilliance and we all know what he can do he's been at Bayern tearing it up he tore it up against Juve two seasons ago in the Champions League um but in the last two games gets the assist and then this game he gets the winning goal you know he's turning up at the right time they're about to get into Champions League uh season here in February and I think Douglas Costa is going to be a big part of Juve's plans in the near future here. So keep an eye on Douglas Costa. I think he's heating up. Speaking of uh, uh, tearing things up, unfortunate news on that front with Genoa. Sad news for the Garden State. Giuseppe Rossi, Tad, you mentioned he's got a leg strain. Uh, the, the word tear was in the article I read. So I don't think it's serious, but it is more leg problems for Giuseppe Rossi. Looks like a muscular thing. Um, yeah. And that's not uncommon for people who have a lot of leg issues that when they come back and start training really hard that they develop you know, muscle issues. So uh, tear... I don't know. Maybe Hope, your translation isn't that good. Hope, hopefully, uh, it's it's nothing too serious. Forza Pepito, the only bright spot for Genoa as far as Curve America is concerned. Another bad news uh, for Genoa here is Pellegri. He's going to be switching uniforms after this one. He gets signed by Juventus. For all the Romanisti out there, this is the 16-year-old. That's right, 16. Famous last year for squ- scaring the bejesus out of the Romanisti everywhere. When that Toti, that final game, remember that really early goal in the Toti game? This is the guy who put it in. He's going to be wearing Juventus's black and white starting now. He signed with them after this game. $20 million, man. Because the other thing he's known for is a 16-year-old in Serie A that has two multi-goal games. So this guy could be the wave of the future, perhaps. He will be loaned. <laughs> yes. he, he will be loaned. I like yeah, that. that. It's, it's the next Paul uh, Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> he will be loaned. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There will be loaning. Um, I, mean, I just I, I pulled up the, the, the players that, that played in this game for Genoa. Lapadula came on. Bertolacci started. You have Gordon Pandev. And then just like, oh, and then Riff Raff, of course, plays in this game. And then obviously Patton, who's uh, uh, some people are saying is... Uh, jumping Donnarumma as the heir apparent to the throne of the goal goalkeeping in Italy. Some then, people, including me. There you go. Hot take from Marco in the Genoa section. Um, but then just a bunch of nobodies. It's Genoa team. OTF Genoa, man. Race, race for 17. Yep, there we go. So with that, we turn to our third game of Week 21, the one that's close to our hearts. Probably the best game of uh, the Week 21 as far as uh, two top teams. Inter and Roma. Unfortunately, the game itself kind of sucked. It was 1-1, stalemate in Milan, doesn't do much for either team in the standings. Marco, you got the lead on this. What would you think, man? Yeah, it was a tough match. I mean, it was fun to watch. It was definitely physical, and the, the ref let him play a little bit. Uh, in the end, A little th- bit. In the end, I think the tie was fair. 
even if Inter did have the better of the game. Uh, the first goal, sexy ball from Alisson, who's continuing to show that he's one of the best goalkeepers, not just in Italy, but in the world. And an even sexier scoop finish by SES, also known as Steven El Shawari. Steven! El Sharawi. Il Farone. A lot of passion there. But for the finish in the first half, it gets them up. And at that point, you know, with Allison making all those saves, you start thinking as a Roma fan, hmm, things are kind of falling our way right now. We're in a packed San Siro. Uh, and, you know, Inter just can't seem to buy a goal. But, of course, at the end, EDF subs in Bruno Perez and, and Juan yeah. Jesus. Uh, Brozovic, who, who was also subbed in by... Um, EDF's counterpart uh, in Spalletti, given just way too much free time to put the ball in, and Vecino on the six-yard line, unmarked, scores an easy header, 1-1, leaves the Roma fans just kind of up in arms, and quite frankly, both teams are real disappointed here. Chris, you said it yourself. I think this, again, just reaffirms the fact that there's going to be a 2 Horse a race at the top, and now OTFR sneaking in front of uh, of Roma. So we yeah, we very, really very we are really just not feeling good as Roma fans uh, this week. So again, you know, not the team really happy. I think another reason why uh, Roma fans were a little bit angered, uh, at least Roma Club DC, was this this twenty minute blackout in the beginning of the game. You know, I, I know that that Barcelona was playing uh, whoever they were playing. Mid-table team. Yeah. Some mid-table team, right. but at least get the BN Connect working, BN. Please, please not Inter Roma. You know, maybe Inter Genoa or Inter, Inter Hellas. I don't know. But put Inter, it on TV. Everything's Bologna, been work- also, everything's been working great as of late. And, uh, you know, it just keeps reminding us of the time when Real Madrid and Barcelona played at the same time that I believe it was Juve versus Roma uh, where we just couldn't get a stream because everybody was streaming that game. And, uh, you know, we basically went from 50 members to 20 in the in the span of 45 minutes. So, you know, if you want Serie A to grow, these things cannot happen. Seriously. It just If you want to tune into a big game with two big-name clubs, you can't have the first 20 minutes blacked out. People will watch something else. This aggression will not stand, man. Yeah. But let's focus more on Allison because World Cup's coming up, guys. I have a feeling this man's going to have some suitors. Seven saves this game and the assist. I mean, his ball distribution is top-notch as well. And we're seeing more and more that teams around the world are not just looking for goalkeepers anymore. They're looking for goalies that can distribute. And that's exactly what Allison can do. Uh, he can also speak English pretty well, as we found out in our interview for a little shameless plug. Go back to the beginning or at the end of the summer to see that that interview. Uh, but again, he's making the case for the best goalkeeper in Serie A right now. He's re- leading a, a defense that is just doing uh, phenomenally well this season and just making huge saves <laughs> in crucial moments. Again, we thought we, they were going to get the win because he was just making some wild saves on Icardi. And this is the kind of game that you you feel as a Roma fan, oh, it's swinging our way and Allison is a superhuman, kind of like how Sorrentino, old man Sorrentino was against us, against Kievo. But it is Roma and things fall the way they do. Thank you, Bruno Perez, for proving me wrong once again. Vecino. Uh, but let's talk about the transfer window, guys, because 
you know, I know we don't like to speculate a lot. Well, I know Chris does, but in general, we like to stay away from speculations. Just a ton, a ton of transfer news coming out of Roma and Inter. But let's focus on Roma because we kind of like that team and because it seems that they have some of the hottest transfer takes uh, in in the Serie A right now with Jekyll and potentially uh, Emerson going to Chelsea. It looks like a done deal. 50 plus 10 on the bonus. I don't know. The, when I first heard it, I was like, no way. Jekyll wants to play in the Champions League. But then you look at his age, you see what he's doing this season. To me, it makes a little bit more sense now to see a Jekyll potentially out the door. Uh, let's not even talk about Emerson. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. But I think Jekyll is, is the main man right now to discuss. What do you think? You think it's a good move, Tad? I mean, with my heart... No, um, because Jekko, you know, is the capital Yeri last year. Um, and first of all, before we move on, uh, Chris loves the transfer market. He is the Alex Jones of the Serie A transfer market. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, with my heart, he, you know, he's, he was such a key player for us last year. The offense runs through him at the peak of our abilities this season against, uh, you know, ironically, Chelsea in the Champions League. Yeah, that volley. I mean, he was just out of his mind. And, you know, in January to get rid of him, you know, in a club that, you know, Monchi says we're not a supermarket, you know, we're not, we're not trying to sell our big players. And it just seems like, oh my God, like we need, we have to get in a Champions League to get that 50 million so we don't have to sell other players. We need to do that. How is selling Jekko going to help us with that? Or, or just require. That's my big thing that uh, just as a Roma fan, it feels like, didn't see this coming, and it feels like we're punting on the season midseason. It's just kind of a punch in the gut. That's how it feels anyway. All right, so I was stewing over this, especially on the drive over here, because I've been on the same side as you guys uh, this Whoa, entire time. Whoa, that's not my side, but go on. That's your side. That's your <laughs> side. Um, and so, essentially, Jekyll, I don't think you're going to get any more money for him at the end of the season. The way his trajectory right now he might get 15 goals this season, and the, the play runs through him. But as we can see, as of late, uh, Roma's looking a little uninspired uh, in the front. Also, we've spent a ton of money, a record, club record, again, for uh, Patrick Schick. He's playing out of position. We think that he can flourish into a, a superstar. I think you give him a little breathing room by selling a Jekyll to... You know, Chelsea, who, yeah, I mean, he's not even going to be able to be used in Champions League. But for Jekyll's purposes, you know, this guy, this is his, probably his last chance to get into the Premier League. He wants to do it, see if he's got another shot. I think his agent knows he's not going to be doing any anything huge at Roma the rest of this season. So, again, it, it I think for all parties, it makes a lot of sense. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm curious to see what Schick can do. And if we brought another smart buy as a backup forward, I wouldn't mind that either. Well, Jekko is 32, and it looks like out of this 50, 60 million, whatever the package ends up being, that 30 million of that is going to be for Jekko. We bought him for 15. He gets two years older, and we sell him for double that at 32 as a striker. I mean, you know, I, I hate saying, you know, it, that's good business. I mean, it's a good deal. I'm going to say good business. It's, it, just, it just rubs me the wrong way. It's, it's so European. Yeah, no, I, 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 that make that part makes sense. If what you said, Ted, get two years older and we sell him for double, that's great. But 
I'm a Roma fan, and this is January. We're, we won our Champions League group, and we're fighting for another Champions League spot. I guess the Scudetto's kind of gone. What happened to this season, man? That's that's just where I am on it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we're not going to win the Champions League. We could knock out Shakhtar Donetsk, don't tell. But uh, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's that'd be great, and that would be successful for us. You know, yeah, you I mean you don't want to see Jacko go, and and you know Emerson, who was great at the end of last season, twenty million to get rid of him. But you know, if you look behind Jacko, we have sixty million tied up in backup strikers mm-hmm. with Defrel and Schick, and both those guys have looked lackluster playing out of position. So I mean, it it, it goes one of two ways: you sell them, you make fifty million. Roma finds a way into the Champions League. It's all good, baby, baby, um, or it blows up in our face. And you know, fifty million bucks, we can use that money to reinvest in, uh, uh, you know, getting a player like Darmian or getting, you know, right. be, getting a player maybe like, you know, I mean, here, here I go quoting Joe, but uh, uh, LFO back in the league um, in, in Roma. I mean, I've, Daniel Sturridge has been linked. So, uh, you know, all these are speculations. Please Vidal, no, please yeah. no Daniel Sturridge. But I mean, Mr. Glass. Right. But at the same time, you know, if you can beat Shakhtar with Jacko, you should be able to beat Shakhtar without Jacko. Um, Let's move on to Inter because on the other hand, you know, here's a team that beginning of the season, you don't really, you know, they were trying to get to Champions League. Roma probably had higher expectations and they have FIFA financial fair play rules. They just got Rafinha from Barcelona. I think that's really a savvy buy, even though he's injured right now. And then they're looking at some other smart buys, including Pastore. So here's a team in Inter where you don't see, you know, really a lot of big players being linked to moves out. I know there was some, some chatter about, about Icardi and Real Madrid, but seriously, uh, you know, I think Inter's being really smart and Walter Sabatini, who was at Roma for a while, he's making moves again. He's uh what's that guy's name in game of Thrones that, uh, is super faithful to, uh, the oh, Khaleesi to Khaleesi. Jorah Mormont. That guy Jorah Mormont, is literally yeah. Walter Sabatini. And so, uh, you know, I think he's making moves. We'll see what happens here. I, again, I think if you keep things in perspective, Inter is having a very successful season right now. All they need to do is get Champions League. And it looks like they're one of the richest, one of the top 20 richest teams in the world. They're doing much better than their counterpart across the across the city. So, you know, a lot to hold your head up high if you're Inter, especially from this tie, you know, it's a big result, I think, in their minds because they're just trying to float around that Champions League spot so that they can strike when the iron's hot. I don't think so. I think Inter's feeling like uh, Jacksonville Jaguars or something. Just It was right there for us, and it's not there anymore. They're, they were undefeated, the last team undefeated in all of Europe in the beginning of the season. They got to be frustrated with where they are on the table right Besides now. Besides Man City. Okay. Yeah. So Yeah, right. You know, I don't think that the Inter fans are happy or content right now. And big story for me, I think, with Inter is the financial fair play, that it's it's really hindering them in making big moves. The Rafina move does make a lot of sense for them because it was cheap. But uh, I think they're disgruntled just like we are. It makes sense. 1-1 draw, Roman Inter, both frustrated clubs. Looks like they're trying to move that Joe Mario contract up to West Ham. Looks like Gabigol might be fine. I mean, I think they'd probably, you know, send him to D.C. United if, if they could. Um yeah, we talked about the, the, the bumping heads of the fan. The last thing I have to say about I – mean, I, I agree with both of you to a certain extent. Inter, to me, it remains to be seen. They needed a center back. They got that Lopez guy. I don't really know a whole lot about him, but they needed one, and there's a warm body that gets paid to play professional soccer. But it's 
keep an eye on this Roma situation with January if this Jacko and Emerson deal goes through. Because as you said, Chris, it feels like a punch in the gut. You're not the only one that's feeling that way. With Pelota's comments about the new stadium, some pushback from the from the fans on that, and a whole lot of things, a whole lot of emotions being stirred up with this with the potential sale of Nangulan, which looks like it's falling through, but he might go in summer. Jacko, after already having gotten rid of Salah, who looks like the greatest player to ever play soccer up in Liverpool. Rudiger gone, Paredes gone, and now another prospect in Emerson gone. This could have the potential to boil over. So, Monchi, man, make us a believer. Yep. We will see with Inter and Roma going to be duking it out for those last Champions League spots for the rest of the season. Let's move on, guys, to OTFR taking on Kievo. OTFR dominates this game 5-1. They blow up Kievo for five goals, none of them coming from Chiro, the hero Immobile. Tad, go ahead. Well, at Roma, we say no toti, no party, but at OTFR, apparently no cheer of the hero, no problem. Uh, if the scoreline is any indication of what OTFR are capable of doing to bottom half teams with Immobile, pun intended, Immobile, then the fight for the Champions League just got a whole lot more interesting, as well as my desire for revenge in the April Derby, which we will be at, gentlemen. Tickets booked. Woo! How about it? Let's do that. Well, who does it for OTFR in this game? Big money. Big money Milinkovic-Savage. He has a brace in this one. And both goals, I mean, just show what a destructive, big, athletic freak of nature he is. He's like the Greek freak, uh, you know, for the Bucks, but plays soccer. This dude, unbelievable. Uh, you know, I mean, is he the next big sign? You know, he, he signed this contract extension with OTFR at the beginning of the season. Obviously, his stock has skyrocketed. Man City, PSG, all of the usual suspects linked to him, guys. Is, is he the next big signing to go out of Italy? Absolutely. You know, hands down, he's going to be the next big one. There's no one in Italy who I think would be able to retain yeah, to, to buy off. him, except for maybe Juve. Uh, you know, that that is remains to be seen. But he is just absolutely incredible. Uh, it's It's... You know, no wonder that he signed the, the contract extension at the beginning of the season. OTFR is going to make a boatload of money off of him. And I'll tell you what, OTFR has got quite the team right now. I mean, when you got Nani and Felipe Anderson coming off the bench, I, I think, you know, I think you're just in good shape. Like, you, you, you're you a deep squad. Like, like OTFR, as much as I hate to say it, kind of reminds me of... Uh, you know, 10 years ago when, when OTFR had a, a couple superstars that ended up being real, real superstar legends uh, after they left OTFR. So, you know, they, they have a, a pretty good history of having good players come through their system. They've just been in the, down in the dumps over the last 10 years. So maybe this is the resurgence. And I'll tell you what, they win their game in hand. They're only, they're only seven points out of second. That's something to, to think about there. How would you feel about Roma buying Milinkovic Savic for 100 million bucks? I don't know. I don't know. Would, 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 you, would you take one? I we, would got, just, we got Golarov. I fear for the guy's life. Golarov, yeah. <laughs> so that's enough for me for one season. Well, that's you know, that's a total fantasy. But the big news on this one, guys, is OTFR. You know, despite a 5 1 thrashing of old man Kievo, the. Uh, the geriatric donkeys, uh, Immobile is injured, injured, goes off in the first half. Uh, supposedly they're going to release his condition today. It didn't come out, which doesn't bode well for them. Um, he could be out several weeks. You know, and Zaghi tries to downplay it. Uh, he says it's just muscular, and he alludes to what Marco said, that they have Nani and Felipe Anderson that can fill in nicely. Um, you know, I guess 
with uh, 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 with him out, is, is this make or break time in the season? Let's say he's out for you know four games. Just make or break time of the season for OTFR. Potentially, or it's uh, it leaves. I mean, they got Milan coming up twice, back to back games. Right. Well, it potentially leaves uh, you know space for some of these these other players like Felipe Anderson. We've just been waiting for him to blow up this season. He's been one of the better attacking players in Serie A the last couple seasons, and you know Nani's always dangerous. So could be a chance for one of the guys off the bench to to show what they got. And Immobile, you know, I think I'm I'm going to say this right now. I, I I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, um, for them, uh, I think, uh, again, another team that doesn't have depth. That's going to be the issue. The only other thing I got with this game, guys, two things for Chievo. We get to see a, a super Chiellini in this one, the Mega Dive, uh, with Chievo Stempinski. Dude, absolutely hilarious. Looks like somebody... Tripinski. Tripinski, for sure. Looks like, looks like somebody tied a stick of dynamite to his Biggie Smalls. He went down. Absolutely awful. And the other thing is, is uh, reports coming out of uh, uh, the Italian Historical Society. They've done a, a months-long investigation into the painting of the Last Supper, and they've identified um, in the background um, a, a, a. They've identified in the background uh, Sorrentino. Solid. <laughs> All right. With that joke, we will leave it there for the top five. We'll take a quick break and finish off week twenty-one. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Starting off the second half of week 21, we've got Sampdoria and Fiorentina. This one finished 3-1. Sampdoria get their groove back better than Stella after a dismal December. I know that one flew over Marco's head, but Tad, I hope you got it. Dude, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Yeah. Yeah. First thing up is Sampdoria. They needed something positive in this one, guys. Of the month of December, they had losses to Fiorentina, Sassuolo, Napoli, and Benevento all in December. Ouch. And Qualiorella, the upper 90 hat trick was working for him in this one. He said after this game he's having fun at Sampdoria. Kind of squashes some of those uh, thoughts we had on him going back to Napoli, right? Uh, uh, would have been a nice little fit for him, but he's got a personal record of 13 before this season. Now, after this game and his hat trick, he's got 15 on the season. That's his best yet. So maybe after telling that stalker story, which I definitely encourage everyone to go check out on Bleach Report, as if he's playing with more relief than someone who survives the Tide Pod Challenge. Like to see that for uh, Qualiorella. So root for Napoli to take the skid out of home as well. Even if he doesn't go, he is from there, so we know that he'll be cheering for Napoli. On the other side of the ball with this one, guys, is Fiorentina. They continue to be a hit-or-miss team. 
Jersey colors were red in this one. I can't remember what red is. Red is bad. Red is bad. So New Fabia says red is bad. Watching the highlights in this one, the reds definitely pop off of uh, the the monitor. Man, they are just like a bunch of red red dynamite running around. It's pretty crazy. Pioli in this one said that he wishes he had another week off. He thought that uh, Fiorentina, his club, would have benefited for an extra week, which that just strikes me as weird. I don't understand why you need that after more uh, vacation, two weeks Chris. Off. Yeah, hashtag most Italian thing ever. Yeah, right. It's not like uh, they're playing in Europe or anything like that. <laughs> Ferie Gennadio. Yeah, hmm. yeah, right. Exactly. Um, other little bit for Fiorentina here. You got former Prime Minister Matteo Renzi, who is a Viola fan. He believes in the Della Valle family, my long-distance cousins, and the Florence Stadium project. So even Florence getting in on this, uh, fully understanding the benefits of having your own stadium, having a fan like the former Prime Minister Renzi on your side, that's got to be good for Fiorentina. Hopefully they can continue to grow and grow Serie A. Can he pull some strings? I mean, you know, Berlusconi. Something, right? Yeah, yeah. all these Prime Ministers. Milan. You know, so many championships. Yeah. Come on, Renzi. Yeah. yeah, send Ruby the heart Come on, Renzi. Sort, sort it all out. Okay, so that'll do with those. Up next, we got Udinese and Spal. This one finished in a thrilling 1-1 draw. Spal trying to dig their way out of relegation and Udinese coming back down to earth. <coughs> Tell you what, Zebrete are missing December uh, because they had some true... So some some high hopes after some of the results they had, including beating uh, Inter 3-1. And Massimo Aldo, nice article out uh, for Massimo Aldo uh, that I saw it out on the web talking about the things that he, the positivity that he brings, uh, some of the tactics that he brings that were, were able to turn Udinese's season around. But now it's January and, uh, you know, Christmas is over here, guys. Tie against Kievo 1-1, and then tie against Spal, who played pretty well this game, and Spal trying to wrangle their way out of the relegation zone. Spal's played pretty well this year for a team that's in yeah, danger zone. Absolutely. Flockari, the ex-OTFR rap boy journeyman. I'm rubbing off on you. That's right. I can't even pronounce his name anymore. Picking up the slack. He got a nice little deflection goal. Still no Boriello, though. Guys, if Spal wants to get out of the relegation zone. Boriello gonna have to come out of that writhing pit. What do you ever, whatever you call it. Yeah, the pit of, of naked writhing men, women, and Story, Stormy Daniels. What is he doing, man? He's he's got to start scoring some goals like he was at Cagliari last season. Um, I have a feeling Spall's gonna make their way out, and they're gonna go, you know, by the beard of of Antenucci. So uh, Udinese, another interesting article that I saw on Bleacher Report this this week. May have not been produced by Bleacher Report, but it was basically like a um, a, a thing about Alexi Sanchez since you know he just moved to Man U from Arsenal. Uh, a lot of talk about him, kind of going back to his roots uh, uh, at Udinese and how they they scouted him out of Chile. It was just interesting to see Udinese always finding these gems and uh, developing them. Alexi Sanchez is is proof that Udinese is system is is working right now their scouting system how about the man up top uh you found another article with uh, uh massimo odo he's clearly righted the ship as well no i don't know like i said you know january coming off to a slow start but there's still four points out of sixth place and who would have thought that udinese you know would be fighting for a europa league spot to be honest it is tight between 12th place and sixth place i mean you only got six points 
So a lot of teams fighting. One, two, three, seven teams fighting for the Europa League spot. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want to say. I'll tell you who believed in and knew that Udinese is going to make a run for sixth place. Two words that strikes fear in all defenders and goalies' heart in Italy. Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> Best name in Syria by far. Very nice. All right, so Udinese. Let's see if they continue to move forward. Up next, we've got Milan and Cagliari. This one finished 2-1. Frank Kessie's brace brings Milan up to seventh place on the table. My man, Frank, Frank Kessie. Despite another poor performance from Gigi Donnarumma that has me beginning to start the cries to play his brother, what's his name? Uh, Gattuso and Milan are one win away from something they have not had all season. A winning streak. <laughs> I can just hear Coach Lou Brown right now from Major League. Yesterday we won a game. If we win today, that's two in a row. If we win tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. So I think that might be uh, Gattuso, except for maybe a few more vowels. Um but will the winning train by Milan be conducted by Serie A's newest bromance? Gattuso and my man Frank Kessie. Not since Robert De Niro took Zac Efron under his wing to make the riotously funny <laughs> and critically underrated uh, Dirty Grandpa back in 2016 are we witnessing such a pairing of old and new. Yeah. This game, guys, tale of the youngsters, Barela and Kessie. Barela. Gets a goal on this one. They just go straight raw dog like Stormy Daniels and gets a double yellow. I mean, come on. Marco and I were watching this game. We're like, he's he's way too excited right now. Yeah. That's the, just the awful Saw that tackle. coming. Saw that coming from miles away. Gets the boot ski. Uh, but Cassie has a brace. Um, and his first goal since, uh, since September 20th. And he has a PK and a goal from open play. So Gattuso having a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, faith in this guy and he even says after the game that he's better than he was and there goes guys the beginning of the gattuso Cassie bromance well i don't know if he was better i mean it depends on what what you're looking for in that midfield position but he definitely scoring goals uh four goals for the you know the type of player that he is uh and two assists he's taking pks i mean this guy is is definitely impressive Still only 21 years old. Well, they're both monsters. I mean, like, one plays like a tank. Actually, that's uh, Kessie's nickname in Milan is the tank. Um, and one, I guess, played like a rhino or a bulldog. Um, so he sees something in him in the, in the young in the young Frank Kessie. So keep out for this one. Yeah, Frank Yannick Kessie. Yannick. What, would you have expected Frank Kessie's middle name to be Yannick? Yes. That's very surprising Absolutely. to me. Ivory Coast. Yannick, Yannick. Yannick, Yannick sounds like he's like a professional cello player or something like that. <laughs> um, Donnarumma, guys, in this one with another howler. Barela gets the goal, but absolutely shouldn't have happened against a player of Donnarumma's cali uh, caliber. The nightmare run for Gigi Donnarumma continues into 2018. I mean, this one was so bad. Immediately after the game, PSG reported that they're giving up their chase for him. Why would you want to spend the money on somebody like that? And it begs the question, guys, is he overrated? Certainly a lot more people <laughs> saying that. Uh, there's a lot of competition for young Italian goalkeepers. That uh, I think that plus the drama with his, with his um, um, agent, with uh, Mino Raiola. Um, yeah, uh, maybe he is. Come on. 
We're talking about a guy breaking records when he was seven, 18 years old. Yeah, he's 18 now. Yeah. I don't know, 18 now, but he was breaking records last season. Yeah, you know? when he's 17. That so, was, I, I mean... One I, minus 18 is... I don't know, guys. We're looking at a player that has years and years to grow. You know, when do when do goalies even hit their prime? Is Buff, like Buffon like 34? <laughs> you know, I don't know. So, like, I, I just... I think that Donnarumma is still the hottest piece of property in milan yeah but we live in a short-sighted hot take world marco not me what else are we going to talk about with donnarumma when he has constrings together a few consecutive bad games at the age of 18 is that he's friggin' overrated guys this is why i turn off the cellular data on my instagram yeah so Fair point. Stop, stop being so short-sighted. Fair point. Well, now that we've established that anybody that says that Donnarumma is overrated is a hysterical gas bag, um, let's go back down to knocking uh, Milan down a peg because, uh, unfortunately, the Elliott group can't just let them have a winning streak without throwing some shade out there. And they say that uh, if and when Yong Hong Lee defaults on his loan, they're just going to auction off the team. Yep. More so. news on that too with uh, with Berlusconi, right? Just all the people who have money who are used to own the team. It's all bad news for Milan. No, 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 no. We're doing a Curve America Kickstarted, financially <laughs> backed by Milan Club Philadelphia, <laughs> and that's what's going to bring us home. We missed out on Parma, we missed out on Palermo. I'll be gall darned. Oh. I'll be gall darned if we miss out to Milan. <laughs> yeah. Just some other interesting things for Milan because even though that they're having you know a lackluster, they've had a lackluster past five or so years. They become the first team in Italy to get a Puma kit, sign a new Puma deal. So, obviously, uh, uh, Fat Boy G and Mattia Destro are not going to be playing for Milan because those shirts are way too tight for them to be going out there rocking that. And Diesel is launching a Milan clothing line. Yeah, that's what I'm that. talking about. Yeah, that's that's from last year, but apparently there's uh, no some... like it's all like the the campaign is about to kick out. So yeah, yeah. you know when you go to the Milan train station, there's probably going to be pictures. Well, I mean Gattuso's six pack was in the 2006 uh, uh, Armani ads that were all over Termini train station in Roma. So <laughs> we're going to get new Milan six packs involved in this one. George Way is ex ex Milan star is sworn in as the president of of Liberia. Not have we seen such a strange election of political office since reality TV star Donald Trump um, and Rinaldinho, great ex-Milan player, finally retires. I thought he was dead. Ronaldinho. Um, there's the chief pronunciator. There you go. Lots of big news there for Milan. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing some concept jerseys on the, for the Puma kits online. Getting excited to see what Puma can come out with. Well, Marco, there is a chance for you if you want to cop a Milan jersey to do what you really like to do, and that's put those nips on blast because those things are going to be tight. They're going to make Coppa be like, damn, man. I know. I'm going to have to buy some Band-Aids. Yep. All right, guys. Lots of news there with Milan. Let's move on to Torino and Sassuolo. This finished 1-1. Sassuolo defends at home, manages a point against the Bulls. First, we start with Torino. Mazzari, the new coach, after firing Mihalovic, he's impressed with his counterpart in Giacchini Sassuolo, which continues to rebound. Big point on this one, guys. Torino's uh, potential goal scorer is Jajic, still getting shelled, even if it's a different coach. Mazzari saying he's not fit, he didn't want to use him, and it's just the same thing. Torino's whipping boy has got to be Jajic. I just imagine pregame with him, just makes me think of like Blake Bortles with the with the Jaguars. Probably heard this before the Eagles game. You're not our first choice, but do your best. 
Otherwise, we're going to bring in somebody better like Eli Manning. Yajic just cannot get out of the way of whoever's calling the shots at Torino. Yeah, Yajic also kind of rubs me that he has like an unhealthy relationship with his mother. Like he wore diapers until he was seven. Uh, you know, he just he just looks like a brat. Still, still, still sucks his thumb. Yep, uh, it's just not good news uh, out of the, uh, Torino for him. On the other side of the ball with Sassuolo, we do have some good news for a goal scorer. Berardi, his first goal in 10 games. This is the first goal in open play since last May. It was a beautiful uh, goal, to be fair. It was a curler to the corner, but, man, is that a drought if I've ever heard of one. Oh, man, long are we past the days when he was scoring four goals in a game. Yep. And then you got the man himself, Il Mister Giacchini, the hat wearer, the baseball hat-loving coach in Italy. He's confident he's not going to lose anyone in this transfer market. And I'm kind of thinking, guys, maybe because no one is really looking at Sassuolo for the transfer market at the moment. Yeah, Berardi, who is like their star boy, has just been non-existent. And maybe Politano, though. Well, no one's talking yet. Giacchini's pretty confident he's going to keep his crew. Let's move on, guys. We've got we've got Crotone and Hellas Verona. This one finished 0-3. Crouton Nation going buck wild on Hellas Verona. Let's celebrate, Marco. What do you got in this game for my Croutons? Chris, do me a favor. Put that shirt back on, man. Those <laughs> things are going to poke my eyes out. Guys, it's, it's a little too early, but maybe this relegation battle is a little more exciting than the top half of the table. Is that crazy to say? No, man. This is great. I love it. Spal. Elas, Croutons, Benevento is just screwed, but, you know, with everybody rooting Maybe for them, not, too. Man. OTF Genoa OTF is going to make a race for 18. Got to love it, guys. And you got to love when a team like Crotone comes out and just 3 nothing against Elas Verona. Guys, at the beginning of the season, Elas Verona, we were saying, you know, Casanos might be playing there. They got some, you know, they're a Serie A pedigree team, but... Uh, they've really just let go. It, it seems like they're about ready to uh, go back down the city of B where they can start winning games again. Yeah, their jerseys are top of the table. Their play is Sadia B. All right. Enjoying it, Crouton Nation. Love to see a result like that. Let's go to Richard Whittles. The Danger Zone. The Danger Zone. See you in April, Whittle Richard. All right, we've got Benevento down there. Unfortunately, this was not their week. They played Bologna. You know it's a team meat sauce party when Destro's shirt comes off. Tad, what do you got? Yeah, Destro gets a goal in this one. Uh, I'm just going to say this, guys. The Benevento away jerseys are dope. There I said it. Uh, they look like like 70s Houston Astro jerseys. I kind of expect Nolan Ryan to throw a no-hitter in this one. And you may think that is crazy. And it doesn't make any sense. But neither does a backup goalie scoring a walk-off header for your first Serie A point. That's right. So anything is possible. And I see the colors. I can see that. It's a good call. I like that. And speaking of Destro uh, and him scoring this one, I mean, this guy. Destro looks like he holds his older brother's hand as he crosses the street on the way home from school. <laughs> it's just that's it's all I see is a toddler. And he wears a long sleeve jersey and doesn't button up. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just too much. Um, Simone Verdi, guys, Big shuns news. Napoli and is a menace with three assists in this game, including free kicks, one with each foot. Take that, Napoli. Come on. Come on. And he snubs Napoli, uh, basically saying that uh, 
He wants to have the more playing time with Team Meat Sauce, develop his game rather than, as we all know, that he would basically be a spell for Napoli. And that's, you know, that's a risky take, uh, considering that Sari is pretty committed to his, uh, as Sempre Napoli calls it, the classic 11. Guys, this is a smart choice for Simone Verdi to stay at Bologna rather than going to try and win a Scudetto? Probably not for his career, uh, but I do uh, like it. And I will, I'm going to give some credit to Il Mister with Donadoni, man, because, hey, man, you got to keep one of your forwards that was probably going to go to Napoli. You said the right things to keep him there. Good for you. Simone Verdi, guys, been talking about him all season. He's the man. Thing at the end of the season, he's going to be worth even more money. Yeah, I mean, you can't, from my personal opinion, for somebody that just loves uh, that when players stay loyal to a team and don't just race out for the first payday, um, you know, he could be kicking himself if Napoli ends up winning a Scudetto, um, especially how huge is that going to be, and he could be a you know, contributing factor in the Europa League games. Um, but no, I, I love that he stayed, and he comes out and shows why. My other takeaway, guys, Smiley. Shows MLS has sharpened his game with a goal in his return. Smiley, who sounds like what Adam Sandler says in Billy Madison after he puts suntan lotion smiley face on his body. Smiley. I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, he's coming back from Montreal Impact. Uh, apparently the reason being he wanted to be back in Europe. But hey, man, let's see. Just, just couldn't stay away. Yeah. And uh, high fives. At the Bologna Airport, the Bologna train station, and the bathrooms downstairs, uh, Marco's uh, district. Um, <laughs> tater salad, Safir Tider on his way out to the Montreal Impact. So we got two guys that have had significant contributions to Bologna in the past. Go have a spell in Montreal Impact, and then come back to the team, guys. Is this the is this the Joey Saputo doctrine? Yeah, that and the Man City doctrine with uh, NYCFC kind of used as a farm team. It seems like so. But I mean, you know, taking a player from your first team, sending them to your MLS team. I mean, dude, Zamaili wrecked the discotheque for the Montreal Impact. So let's see what Safir Tater Salad does over there. But we could be looking at an unprecedented Saputo doctrine. Designated player. Designated player, you know. uh, Among the ranks of uh, David Beckham and uh, Michael Bradley. And here's Tater Salad. And soon to be Tommy Burns. Uh, all bad news for for Benevento these days. Their <laughs> captain Fabio Lucione does get his one year doping ban. Um, which hold your head up high, Fabio Lucione, because there is a player in the United States that uh, was disgraced for doping and had to sit out a season, and now he runs baseball commentary. That player is Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Apparently, uh, you know, you just have to find the Italian version of J-Lo, date her, and you can be the most coveted person in your entire sport. Another thing, too, is uh, old Curve America Twitter tattoo himself, the 500th like to put Amato Cicciaretti's Twitter tattoo on him. Cicciaretti goes to Parma on loan, a rounding... We did. We missed out on them. He could. He, we could be. Uh, we could own Amato Cicciaretti's rice right now. He goes on loan. It looks like he's going to go to Napoli on a free chance at the end of the season. Hot take. Uh, so he's gone, and still no word on if uh, the Ryan Express will sign in January or, or if he'll hold out for. Wait for it, the Glasgow Rangers. <laughs> we shall see. Yep. So exciting way to finish that off, guys. Well done. Week twenty-one in the books. Looking forward to week 22 and Serie A being back in our lives every single week for the foreseeable future. we got Milan OTFR coming up, and I just want to say this about Milan. No Berlusconi and no more Adidas kit sponsor. 
We're, we're definitely entering into a, a new world with yeah. this team. Brave new world. So that's the, that's the big game on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Guys, well done. Tad, way to power through while you're sick. Until next week, and we cover in week 22, Ragazzi, we say... Subscribe, rate, and comment, and arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.